And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys are having a terrific week. Uh, great show for you today. I was joined by my brother, Ian Hayworth. Always a great time talking to Ian. Uh, and we had a lot to discuss, as always, starting with uh, President Joe Biden announcing he is running for re-election. Um, the DNC uh, saying they refuse to hold any debates in the Democrat primaries. Uh, Donald Trump saying he refuses to debate in the Republican primaries. Um, and uh, Fox News firing Tucker Carlson. A lot of news breaking this week. I think you guys will enjoy it. Before, before I get to Ian, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe. If you are an Apple user, please take a few seconds to leave us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right, without further ado, the great Ian Hayworth. All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Ian Hayworth. Ian, how you been, man? Good. Uh, just in Reno for the last college speech of the spring semester. So excited to speak tonight and then head back to Nashville, have some time off. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I, uh, I've i been the opposite, not traveling at all. Uh, <laughs> just home all the time with a little baby. So uh, the exact opposite uh, lifestyle <laughs> you've, you've, you've lived the last few months, for sure. And I'm not sure who's uh, coming off best. We'll see. <laughs> Yeah, neither one of us is getting any sleep, so so there's that much. But uh, yeah, we got to start got to start with uh, the president of the United States, Joe Biden, um, announced yesterday that he's running for re-election. Well, he didn't, um, but the campaign did put out a video, <laughs> a video in which Joe only spoke for a couple seconds at a time, which is telling, I would say. Um, and his main pitch to the American people is that uh, he needs to finish the job. That's the quote. That's what they're going to really run with is finish the job. Um, Ian, man, considering he's taking a flamethrower to the economy, it's unsafe to live in a major city, inflation's at 40-year highs, the government has now left thousands of Americans stranded in three different war-torn countries in the last two years. Um, finish the job sounds more like a threat than anything else. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty ominous, isn't it? I think the most telling thing about this campaign is that it's obviously going to be the 2020 campaign again, uh, if anything worse. You know, it starts with imagery of January 6th, which really no Americans care about anymore, especially given all of the threats we're facing today. But the goal is to just redo what they did last time, which is hide and make it all about how awful supposedly the other side is. We're going to see a year, a year plus of just being told that the other side are Nazis. The other side wants to destroy democracy. They want to take away all your freedoms, all your rights. This is the message the entire Democratic Party is going with. You've got Gavin Newsom who's flying all over the country, lecturing other states on what freedom means. They, they seriously think they have a monopoly on the notion of freedom. But this is really all they have. Joe Biden, I think, is the obvious candidate. I think it would be very hard to have a serious primary of your own candidate, of your own sitting president. But the fact is, he's barely alive, if he is at all. And it's only going to get worse. Every week it gets worse with him. Can you imagine what he's going to be like in 2027, 2028? It's just unbelievable. But the only option they have is just to hide him. He's really just the lukewarm face 
of the issue they're trying to push, which is the other side is worse, vote for us. Yeah. Yeah, and he will be 82 uh, next year and, and 86 if he were to finish a second term. Um, you know, it's it's funny, man. 70% of Americans polled said that they do not want Biden to run for re-election. Uh, <laughs> 70%, man. I mean, that is that is a massive number. Only 26% do. And which just brings just a quick side note. Who are the imagine being in, in the four percent of Americans who are undecided on like imagine not having opinion on Joe Biden in 2023. You're like, I don't know. You know, he's just this this political newcomer, Joe Biden. You know, I, I, I just want to see how he'll do with a little more age and experience under his belt. I mean, it's like, That's, they're probably just waiting for checks. Once right. the checks come in, they'll decide one way or the other. Right. And honestly, I bet that 70 percent number is probably higher. You know, I have to assume that most Democrats don't want him to run, but they're just so loyal to the, the DNC. They just won't admit it. You know, but yeah. it's like, man, it, it's funny, man. It, you have this this rollout video. Obviously, he's not co- you know, coherent enough to actually give a speech where he just he gives nothing. I mean, there's no substance at all. There's no look at what I achieved. And then 70 percent of the country says they don't want it. It's like, man, I, I don't know if I've ever, I mean, has there ever been a president, a, a sitting president announced they're running for reelection with this lack of fanfare or excitement? I mean, I, I honestly, I, I don't think there's another situation that really mirrors this in American history. It's pretty stunning, isn't it? Just also just the scale of the damage he's done. Like there are a lot of presidents who've, who've really screwed up in one era or another, but there is not a single era of American political life that Joe Biden hasn't shit the bed, probably yeah. literally. And so it's it's amazing that he he obviously has the confidence of the media behind him, which I think is, as you as you've said multiple times, worth 10, 20 points sometimes in polls. Right. Because they will go into overdrive of painting his his work as an actual success. Or if there are any failures, it's only because people weren't loyal enough to the idea or the GOP got in the way. Or but they'll take it a step further. Well. I think they'll take it a step further and just not talk about the last four years. Like, I don't think they're going to mention Joe Biden. I don't think, I mean, it's they're not going to talk about anything that's happened in the country because they can't. I mean, he, you can't cite achievements because there are none. I mean, his record is historically terrible, a, a historically bad economy. He's brought the country closer to nuclear war than at any point since at least the Cuban Missile Crisis. I mean, their only pitch, whether you're the Biden campaign or the press, is just Donald Trump. I mean, they have to make it all about Trump. Mm-hmm. Trump's a Nazi, January 6th, super-duper MAGA, and that's all they've got. I mean, they know, and they're so committed, man. They are invested in Donald Trump being the Republican nominee because they know if anyone else, even like a weak, generic Republican was nominee, Biden gets crushed. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's extremely unpopular. And like I, like I just mentioned, 70% of the country doesn't want him to run, but— Trump is 19 points underwater. Trump is significantly less popular than Joe Biden. 19, I mean, 19 points underwater is bad. I mean, that is real bad. I mean, independents hate him. Women hate him. So honestly, the Biden slash media strategy will work. I mean, if Trump is the nominee, Biden wins by default. I mean, I just don't think, I mean, as, as awful as he is, as close to the end of his life as he is, I, I don't see a world where Trump wins back the votes he needs i mean he's not winning the suburbs back that's just not he's not making any attempt to do that even um so i mean i i get i get the strategy i ignore biden's record ignore biden you know in general and just make it all about trump i mean that's their only shot and it's likely to work well especially i think if trump doesn't change his strategy because 
Biden is so easily beatable. I think Trump could win if he changed some things, some pretty drastic things. I just don't uh, think he can. I don't think he yes, possesses the, the ability to. Like, of course, he could just like change his ridiculous personality a little bit and shut up and stop, you know, t- talking shit about Republicans for no reason and actually go after Biden and the economy. But he's just not going to do that. And I think that's it's a smart strategy in a way on the left, but it's also really their only strategy. I mean, like they have no one else they could run. It would be a real indictment of their own failure to run someone else. But the fact is Biden cannot talk. Biden is, has the last couple of years has been kept safe by his cronies in the media, his cronies in the white house. He runs away from questions. He spends a huge amount of time on vacation in Delaware hiding his family are corrupt as hell and no one wants to talk about it. This is going to come out if he is forced to debate. It's just all about delaying that as long as possible to try and really do damage control. And so he, as you say, will win by default. The longer they can spend talking about Trump and not Biden is a win for them. And that's yeah. what we have to fight against. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the DNC is also has already said, rather, that they are refusing to hold any debates, regardless of who uh, tries to primary Biden. Um, I mean, obviously, with his age and you know even some democrats are talking about it you know even the new york times ran a piece this morning like you know biden should take voters concerns about his age more seriously or or some such um i mean the only democrats challenging biden now are marianne williamson who isn't you know she'll get less than one percent in a primary and then robert f kennedy jr who's a kook who thinks the polio vaccine gives kids autism but but he's a kennedy uh and he hates guns and stuff so he and he you know He's all about the climate change stuff, so some Democrats like him. He's polling at like 15%, um, which, side note, it's just a—I mean, man, how unpopular is, <laughs> is Joe Biden that this this madman is, is polling at 15%. But progressives are upset, and rightfully so. Cenk Iger from the Young Turks, I don't say anything nice about him very often, but um, you know, he was, he was tweeting yesterday about how offensive it is that the party keeps telling progressives to shut up and sit down, you know, and get in line. Um, and he's right. I mean, that is that is offensive, but mm-hmm. they will. <laughs> I mean, Chank will get in line, man. All all the progressives will because they're Democrats. That's what Democrats yeah. do. I mean, like Bernie Sanders keeps voting to send money to Ukraine in order to fight his beloved Russia. Right. <laughs> like AOC <laughs> campaigned for Biden. I mean, they all they do is fall in line like the good little Democrat soldiers that they are. But also, to be fair, Biden has governed as a so-called progressive, far more than as a moderate. Like, he, he certainly ran as a moderate, but if you actually look at even just the virtue-signaling surface bullshit, the stuff that Karine Jean-Pierre is talking about, the obsession with equity and diversity and all this nonsense, that's a win for them, at least culturally. And so I think they have a lot to gain by pushing an empty shell like Biden. They'd obviously want someone who actually believes all this stuff, but if you can't get someone who believes it, someone who will do whatever it takes to stay in power is just as good. Yeah, and yeah, that's absolutely right. And then obviously, too, I mean, like I understand from the Democratic Party's perspective, like you can't put Biden on a debate stage. No, like it's it just not horrendous. It's just not going to happen. I mean, they, you know, they might even. I mean, I don't know. Trump's. I, I don't. I, I mean, I. I guess you would have to debate the Republican nominee, whether it's Trump or DeSantis or someone else. But I mean, they might. If it's Trump, they might just not. You know, they just say, oh, we don't debate Nazis or whatever. Yeah. And they just, you know, oh, because that's 100 percent what they'll say. I mean, even I mean, Biden was was bad in 2020. I mean, we you know, he didn't campaign. He was in the basement. He was just awful in the debates. 
um, especially after the first, you know, 20, 30 minutes, you know, he would just, the meds would wear off and he would just <laughs> fall apart. Um, but like, they just can't, I mean, he's so much worse now than he was yes. even two years ago. It's like, they cannot, they, they can't put him on a debate stage, certainly against another Democrat, you know, to, to show the, the Democrat base, like, Hey, maybe we have another option here. Like even a, a, a crazy person like, like Kennedy would, I mean, anybody would smoke Joe Biden in the debate. So yeah. like, I get why. They just can't. I mean, they have to limit his exposure as much as physically possible. Hopefully, though, it, it has to come to a, he- a point where he is exposed. And I think that's what I'm hoping the GOP wake up to. I, I put out a substat this morning talking about this exact thing is that this is an opportunity for us. We have someone who is brain dead in the White House overseeing the collapse of the country. This should be a time where it's massive, widespread electoral victories. The fact that didn't happen in 2022 says a lot. I'm very worried we're going to have a repeat of 2022 and 2024. If we cannot beat someone like this, how are we ever going to beat a good candidate? Because the Democrats will have good candidates again. They will have people who can string a sentence together and can actually convince people of their arguments beyond dribbling into their pudding. If we can't beat Joe Biden, what does that say about us? Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing good. It's it's not a good sign. And on the right, uh, Donald Trump is saying he refuses to debate as well. He said he won't he he won't debate because, you know, the 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 RNC didn't ask his permission first or some such nonsense. I mean, this is absolutely pathetic, man. And and the thing is, Trump looks so weak doing this. I mean, his attacks on DeSantis make him look like a coward and a, and a weakling anyway because DeSantis isn't even declared yet. But I mean, Trump won. The 2016 primaries, in large part because of the debates, he did very mm-hmm. well. Yep. I mean, he, he he ran circles around a lot of these these seasoned politicians on the debate stage. Um, I mean, they gave him a lot more time to talk than everyone else, you know, because the the networks needed the ratings and stuff. So like he, you know, he he dominated the time. So it was like it was a lot easier to look good compared to these guys that got you know two sentences in. But it's like, dude, you're not bad in a debate. Like why? Like why are you scared? You know what yeah. I mean? Like if you're if you're this inevitable juggernaut that you claim you are, why 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 are you afraid to debate? It, it's just what a small pathetic man he's become. Yeah, it's just it doesn't make a lot of sense. As you said, the debates were a big part of his, if not his win, his rise to really the mainstream central candidate was because of the debates, like him destroying uh, various candidates, uh, Jeb Bush specifically really catapulted him to the front of the race. But his whole selling point has been, oh, I'm this great businessman. I'm this strong character. I don't step back for anyone. It's like, well, okay, well then get on a debate stage and debate. You're good at it. I'm not saying he's good at actually debating necessarily, but he is great in front of a camera against people. So I I just don't, I I think his, his confidence in himself has been damaged by a lot of the stuff that's going on. I think he's hugely intimidated by Ron DeSantis more than anyone else. I don't think he's scared of, you know, and really any of the other candidates, but I think DeSantis has been almost kryptonite for him in a lot of ways because he hasn't been playing the games on Trump's terms. He's just been ignoring him. That's what a lot of the GOP candidates in 2016 should have done is just almost cut through him rather than getting in the mud with him and Marco Rubio and making jokes about penis sizes and nonsense like that. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Trump, but I, I, I'm worried because I don't think he's going to win. And that's really all that I care about. I want a Republican in the White House in 2024. If that's Trump, great. If that's DeSantis, great. Uh, but then it becomes a matter of who is most likely to beat Biden. And 
all the data shows that Trump is not going to win. Yeah, no, he's not. He's not going to win. I mean, like you said, you think he could win. I, I have zero, zero percent confidence in his ability to win a general election. I don't think there's any chance he wins. Um, I mean, the state polling is, and that, that's the thing. Like when I talk about polls, all the comments are like, the polls are fake, fake news polls. Well, it's like, guys, I, I, I understand like these national polls have been wrong. Um, but national but what, polls are irrelevant. It, they're irrelevant. Look at the state polls. Look at the state polls. I mean, like Trump has to win. You know, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Georgia, you know, throw in Nevada, Arizona. He's getting blown out by Biden in every single one of those states. Yeah. Like you can't like you cannot win. Like you're not going to win. What are you gonna do? Make up for it by winning California? That's not gonna happen. I mean it's just it's not going to happen. And another cowardly act by the Trump team, apparently, um, Trump is gonna attempt to go to Tallahassee and bully Florida leg- Florida legislators into scrapping a bill that would allow Ron DeSantis to remain governor while running for president. Right now, there's a law in the book that says you have to resign if you hold mm-hmm. statewide office. Um, now, this isn't going to work. Um, DeSantis is close with the Florida GOP, and they're not going to stab him in the back like that. But, man, I mean, what, Trump looks so—he's he, terrified of Ron DeSantis. I mean, he's literally yeah. trying to do this end-around where he prevents DeSantis from running. I mean, what that is pathetic. That is desperate. And he knows that DeSantis is just better than him on every issue. Like, he, he knows that he's vulnerable, especially on COVID. I mean, Trump shut down the global economy, bringing about a, a recession that may take a decade to recover from. Set us down. Obviously, the Democrats made it much, much worse. It's not all on Trump, but he set us down this inflationary spiral. I mean, he, he's, you know, he blew out spending. He didn't fulfill most of his campaign promises. I mean, the border's still wide open. There's no wall. There's none of that stuff. And, like, everything DeSantis has done, he's basically just fulfilling Donald Trump's campaign promises, but only to the people of Florida, right? And people notice. Republicans notice. Like, the guy's great on immigration. He's, you know, he's obviously with the cultural stuff. He's smacking Disney around and and Mm -hmm. obviously protecting children from predators in schools and and all of this stuff. Obviously, the COVID. I mean, he reopened Florida's economy immediately after two weeks and, and, you know, bucked the whole, you know, Fauciism stuff. Um, and Trump knows he can't lie his way out of that. Like, it would look bad to have to defend his record standing next to Ron DeSantis. But it's like, dude, I mean, you, you claim that, you know, you're going to blow this guy out. So why why are you acting like a little girl about it? Do it. Like, what, what are you gonna, like well, well, you know, show us. Fine. If you, you think if you can knock this guy out, do it. Show us with your fist, not with your mouth, man. Like, it's it's I don't know. I just don't. I have to imagine a lot of Republicans are going to view this and just see cowardice from the former president. Yeah, I also think there's a sense of sort of Trump exhaustion that I think is is very much there already, uh, but is growing with every week that passes. Like I speak to a lot of Republican voters across the country. A lot of them love Trump, but are just tired. And I, I think the exhaustion factor is one that people are really ignoring because I think, yeah, a lot of people would vote for Trump if it was him versus Biden, obviously. I would vote for Trump, of course, against Biden. Yes. But I I think the primary system is such that there are a lot of steps before the general election, and a lot of people are just tired. I think that can motivate people to just pick someone else. And really, when there's someone else, there's only one candidate that has a real shot of actually winning anything. Like, all of these other candidates, they're not—I would be amazed if they break 10% of the polls. They're they're running for other reasons. They are not running to be president. But if DeSantis enters the race, which he will eventually— Trump has almost made him a front-runner candidate by obsessing over him rather than the issue at hand. If Trump just ignored DeSantis, 
even if DeSantis went all guns blazing after Trump and Trump just kind of focused on Biden, I think Trump could still win because he has that advantage. I, I don't understand why he is elevating DeSantis even more than he already has been. It, it makes no sense. You've got to suggest that the people around Trump are just the lowest of the low in terms of scraping the barrel of idiots. Oh, they are. They are. I mean, it's like, you know, there's always a brain drain when it comes to, you know, both presidential administrations and with campaigns. I mean, like, if you're fortunate enough, anybody listening to this show, to be elected president of the United States, <laughs> um, <laughs> try to get as much done as you can in that first year or two because people, like, you know, the, the people that helped you get there are going to move on. They're yeah. going to move on, become lobbyists, make millions of dollars. They're going to write books, make millions of dollars. They're going to go run for Congress, make millions of dollars in insider trading. <laughs> you a, know, common, I'll, I'll, a common theme here, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you help somebody get elected president and then get some stuff done, it's easy to go make millions of dollars doing something else um, and not have to work so hard because <laughs> working in the White House is hard and working on campaigns is hard. I mean, it's a you know, it's not a 40-hour-a-week job. It's more like 80 or 100. Um, so, yeah, man, I mean, like— the the Alex Bruzewitzes of the world, like these clowns that are that are on the the Trump campaign, it's like it is the bottom of the barrel stuff. And honestly, with he's treating Ron DeSantis like DeSantis is the front runner. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously he's not. I mean, Trump is still very popular among you know the the GOP base. Not not Lord knows not not nationally. You know, he's he's twenty points underwater nationally. But um, Trump loves polls. Um, he says he doesn't, but he loves polls. I mean, you you know, you remember his, his old career. If, if any positive poll comes out, he was tweeting oh, about yeah. it. And I have to imagine they're running all kinds of internals, and Trump's not loving what he's seeing. I mean, I have to assume their internal polling is showing that DeSantis is a heck of a lot closer in a lot of these states than uh, than you would think. And that's why Trump is—I mean, he, he hasn't talked about Joe Biden in yeah. a month. But he has not talked about the Democrats and all the horrible things they're doing to the country. He's focusing 100% of his attention on DeSantis. And the only reason to do that is if, you know, you are very concerned with what you're seeing in terms of polling. I also think he has a deep-seated desire just to be the guy. And I think the fact that DeSantis beats Biden in a lot of polls and Trump doesn't, that I think that's what angers Trump a lot. I, I think it's as simple as he wants to be the only guy. And the fact that there is someone else who might be more popular just puts him into this almost irrational rage that then all all the guns in his entire campaign have to be pointed at DeSantis. If that means losing the war, so be it. Like Trump will go down with the ship just fighting whoever is threatening his number one guy status, uh, which is irrational and counterproductive and childish and all these things. But that's kind of the Trump brand really post his presidency. The yeah. fact that he is he has not once been able to reset everything he has to do to the sort of most absurd extreme. He has not moved on from anything. He hasn't reset the narrative on anything. And I think that's going to be his undoing. If he could reset today and just focus on 2024, I think it would solve a lot of his worries. But he just seems incapable of doing it. He can't. He won't. I mean, he, he's he's not going to change. He's telling us on a daily basis, that he will not change. <laughs> he refuses to change. I mean, we're absolutely right, and he could change gears here. Like, I mean, you and I, the the rational fellows that we are, if we were, say, running for president, and every available poll is showing that we lose every state that matters, I, I think that you and I would respond by saying, huh, 
how what what can I do different to change this? <laughs> yes. Like it's like how, how can I regain the trust of these voters that I lost? How do I regain the trust of the people that voted for me in 2016 and voted against me in 2020? How do I win back the suburbs? How do I win back independence? What am I doing wrong? But he doesn't do that. He just goes after DeSantis. It's like, dude, what are you like? There's no thought of the future of the country for this man. I mean, yeah. it's it's all his own brand. It's his own. It, it, they they do not care. These people don't care about you. They don't care about the country. They'd rather burn it all down than, like you said, than not be the the big fish in a small pond. And the GOP right now is a small pond because we are the minority party. We are not. We do not represent the majority of Americans. If we would, we wouldn't have lost Congress. So I I just don't. I, I, he's not going to change. I mean, this is just, he is who he is at this point. There's a lot of tape <laughs> on Donald mm-hmm. Trump. I mean, it's like, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's like expecting a 35-year-old wide receiver to somehow show up training camp running faster than he did last year. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's just not like, it, it only goes one way, man. Like, this is not going to get any better. I also think, uh, the last thing I think I want to say on this is there's also the grifter mentality of there are so many people set to make so much money from Trump regardless of whether he win, wins or loses. There are a lot of people who are not motivated by getting him back at the White House. They're just motivated by squeezing every single last penny they can out of him before they'll just move on to the next person. You're already seeing this. A lot of pro-Trump people suddenly fully on the DeSantis train, completely ignoring all of the rhetoric that they put themselves behind. I think it's perfectly fine to change allegiance or change your support based on what's more expedient or or viewpoint, but the fact is there are a lot of people who do not care about that. They just care about themselves, elevating their own brand, elevating their own status, making as much money as possible. And so you've got a lot of people in Trump's circle, a lot of them put there by him, who would just do not care if he wins or loses. When those are the people helping him with his campaign, that's really dangerous. Yeah, yeah, because these people get paid based on sucking up to Trump. I mean, they don't, yep. I mean, they're, they're, they're I presumably would still find work with team Trump. If he loses, you know, there's no downside to team Trump, um, for losing. I mean, he's still a billionaire. He's, still, you know what I mean? He still has this media empire. He still has everything, you know, that all of his companies, like it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter to him if we go into a second great depression because he has billions of dollars. It does affect me. Okay. Yeah. And that's why, like, and, and that's the thing, man, like, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm a anarchist. I have a big problem with a lot of stuff Trump did, the anti-gun stuff, obviously, that, you know, refusing to end any of the wars. Obviously, the COVID lockdown, the, the Fauci stuff is is the, by far the, the biggest stain on the Trump presidency. But it's like, I don't care about any of the other stuff that people are bothered by Trump by. Like, I don't care about the tweets or the mm-hmm. whatever they're called on Truth Social. Not sure. I don't have Truth Social. But, like, <laughs> I don't care about that. The personality stuff, the selfishness, the boorishness, the grab them by the pussy that any 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 that's a january 6th i don't care about january 6th at all i do not care i don't believe the capitol building is sacred a sacred bastion of democracy i don't care i don't care i'd you know like it's i care about my own house a heck of a lot more than the capitol building but like yeah it's i i don't care about any of that the only thing i care about is stopping the democrats these people have taken a howitzer to the american economy we are all poorer than we were before the Democrats took over. I mean, look, just take a look around. If you're happy with that, sure, vote for Trump in the primary because if you're, if you're happy with the Biden economy, then vote for Trump in the primary because he doesn't beat Biden. And that's the only thing that matters to me. Like, Trump could be a freaking saint, man. He could agree with me on... He could be me, okay? Like, he, 
like a, a a devout Christian who loves hunting and fishing and listens to the same music and has the same hobbies and you know he could be like whatever. But it, but if he can't win, I would still endorse mm-hmm. someone who can. I mean, like my goodness, I wish that Republicans were a little bit more like Democrats in this one area, not any, not any, not anything else. Okay. But in this one area that Democrats will always line up behind the guy who can win because all they care about is crushing us. They hate us. They want to stop us. And they do. I mean, they're, they're effective because they just line up behind the guy who can win. There's not even a thought of that with Republican primary voters. Well, especially when you've got good candidates, too. It's not like we're talking about Trump versus someone who is just horrendous. We're like, oh, my God, I can't believe we're voting for this person. Like we have someone like DeSantis. Like Nikki Haley is a decent candidate. I don't think she's going to win. I think there are big problems with her campaign, her history. But we have good candidates. DeSantis will likely win if he runs against Biden. We have the opportunity to destroy the Democratic Party for a generation because I think DeSantis is young. He could come in and really do what he's done in Florida with the entire country. We would have so many cultural wins as a result. Like a lot of people talk about the culture war. DeSantis has done more for the culture war than Trump could ever do in a lifetime. Yeah. And so it's just stand on what you believe in, please. I mean, there's no substitute for victory. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like yeah. you can you can like Trump more than DeSantis. That's fine. But Trump can't win. Like, it's, it doesn't matter what you like and what you don't like. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you feel this one. I mean, you should never feel loyalty to a politician. That's crazy and pathetic. And if you find yourself uh-huh. tweeting things like loyalty to Donald Trump, maybe you should take a good long look in the mirror and ask yourself why, as a grown man, uh, you you became like this because it's crazy. Um, you know, you you sound exactly like the Democrats when you talk like that. But like, you could you could even feel for some reason personal loyalty to Donald Trump and still realize that he can't win. Yeah. I mean, it's like I, you can walk and chew gum at the same time, man. I'm not I'm not asking anybody to denounce Trump or to to talk shit about him or, or anything like you, I, I just don't get it, man. You have another option. You can like cheeseburgers as much as you want, but you don't have to say you hate ribeyes if somebody slaps one down in front of you. Like, my goodness, you people can walk and chew gum at the same time. Well, it's just a, the fundamental misunderstanding of what the primary system should be about. The primary system should be about one single question, which is. Who is the best person from amongst the pool of choices who can beat the other guy? That's all it is. Yes. Instead, it becomes a matter of, oh, I like I like this person personally, or oh, I think we, we owe him some level of loyalty for the past. Or No, I don't care. It's all about winning the general election and trying to pick the person who is most likely to do that. Like the analogy I always use, it's like having a basketball game to decide who's going to play the other guy at football. Yeah. It, sometimes it makes no sense. Yeah, Trump might be the most popular among the right, but if he's hated by the rest of the country, then that's a problem. And he is. He is. I mean, it's like, uh, let me look up this polling. And, uh, yeah, I, I should have had this in front of me, but this was really telling, man, I um, just how unpopular everyone is, <laughs> but especially yeah. Donald Trump. And this is just net positive versus negative opinion on these topics. Black Lives Matter movement, 38% have a positive have a positive view of Black Lives Matter. Joe Biden's at 38%. The Democratic Party, 36%. The Republican Party, 33%. Donald Trump, personally, 34%. And then the MAGA movement, 24%. Okay, so Donald Trump is 19 points underwater. Ma- the MAGA movement itself, 21 points underwater. I mean, it's just like... And, and you can say, oh, it's just the, the Democrats' propaganda. It's the corporate press lying about Trump. Yeah, you're, you're right. A lot of that's true. 
But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter why these people hate Trump, but they do, and that's mm-hmm. not going to change. So it's like, yeah, I mean, we have to do better at combating the propaganda in the future. I'm with you 100%. We have to destroy the corporate press so they can't influence elections like this. Brother, I am with you. Like, I, I understand, but they did, the left won this round. They took out Trump. They, they, they cut him off. They, they cut his head off. They're holding his head in the town square celebrating because they beat him. It's like no no whining or complaining is going to change that fact. I mean, it's like you can be mad about it. You can say it was fraudulent or, or, or whatever, but they won, man. So, okay, you lost the battle. How about we win the war? Yep. And if you want to have the same guy fighting the war, then how do you change your strategy so that you don't have exactly the same thing happen to you? That's the other frustration for me is that I, I understand supporting Trump again, like if you if you think he's the best candidate. But his strategy has to change, and it is not changing. He's basically saying he's going to do exactly the same thing. He lost when he was doing that thing. And all he's doing is complaining about 2020, but complaining from a position of weakness is a waste of time. Yes. I mean, even if you believe that, you know, I mean, Fox News just had to pay Dominion Voting Systems $800 million. So if you're still if you still believe the lies about that, then yikes. I don't, I don't know what to tell you at that point. But you can, I mean, you can believe that 4,000 mules or whatever and Dominion and, and all the voting machines and, and everything else, it, it's all fraudulent and fake votes and Maricopa County and everything else. I think you said Trump did nothing wrong. He's right about everything. They stole the election. Okay. What do you do about it now? <laughs> like, what, okay, yeah. okay, like Even if you accept that premise, if you say Trump is right about all that, which he's not, but let's just, for sake of argument, say he is, how are you going to win? Like when you'd have to like blow out Joe Biden by such a margin that they, the Democrats can't cheat their way out of it. How yeah. do you plan on doing that? Like, you're less popular than you were two years ago. Like, I, it's like, even if everything Trump says is true, you would still have to massively change the way you're campaigning. You'd have to completely change your strategy in order to win. So it's like, he's like, they stole it from me. It's all fake. And I'm going to do the exact same thing again. It's like, wh- wh- how? like, how do you expect to get from point A to victory here? Like, it doesn't make yeah. any sense to me at all. I don't think it's it's part of the calculus. I think when you're surrounded by when when you have the kind of view of himself that Trump does, which a lot of these people do, right. that you don't get to the point of, of Trump without being basically every CEO in the country has that level of narcissism at some point. It's just yes. Trump is very open about it. Yeah. And when you're surrounded by people who just tell you whatever you want to hear and you have a very vocal support base. And when you live on the world like social media that makes it seem like that bubble is the country, I think you can convince yourself of anything. And I think the best leaders are the people who are willing to actually look at their own failures and look in the mirror. And unfortunately, the wave of leaders we've had in recent history have been the opposite. They've been monarch level narcissists who just think they're the next coming of the Messiah. And uh, that's a that's a bigger problem with just the American culture around celebrity and politicians that I think needs to be addressed at some point. Otherwise, we're on a very dangerous path. Yeah, 100 percent. And uh, we we obviously have to mention this before I let you go, man. Um, I don't watch cable news, so this does not affect my life at all. Um, <laughs> but it is worth discussing. Uh, Fox News fired Tucker Carlson, uh, who was by far uh, the most popular cable news host. Um, honestly, Tucker was the only interesting Fox News personality. He, he w- it wasn't just the typical like boomer, boomer bait, war hawk, Sean Hannity stuff, <laughs> you know, like the, like the rest of them. Um, he did have some interesting things to say, and I agreed with Tucker on a, on a lot of his his opinions. But um, you know, I I don't know if this is connected to the Dominion settlement. Dominion says no. I'm not sure if I buy that. Um, 
But either way, it's uh, it's definitely going to hurt Fox News. I mean, you, you're firing your your most popular host. Um, Tucker will land on his feet, and whatever he does next, you know, he's going to carry that audience audience with him. I think. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely. I, I have to assume there's some legal nonsense going on behind the scenes because I just don't see how Fox fires their cash cow out of nowhere for no reason. Yeah, I mean, people are ignoring the fact that, you know, Fox is incredibly good at what they do. They're very, very successful. They have been for a long time. They've built a massive empire for a reason. And so you've got to imagine they're not just morons who would get rid of their their biggest guy for no reason whatsoever. You know, I think it's it's somewhat difficult to speculate because we just don't have any information I am enjoying the people who are picking two random events and trying to say that there's a connection. Um, you know, the pay attention crowd of, of <laughs> are you, you know, are you waking up yet? Nonsense. Not everything is a conspiracy. Like what Tucker talked about within the weeks leading up to him leaving or him being fired are not necessarily connected. You could, he talks about literally everything. You could pick something within the last six months and make it about that. It's just silly. Um, I think it is obviously very surprising though, when he is, by far the biggest name at Fox for them to to part ways is a massive deal. I think it's going to take a long time for them to recover. Uh, but I, I also think people will move on from this pretty quickly. I think when like Bill O'Reilly, for example, was not to the same scale, but was a massive name. No, he was his show was more popular than Tucker's. He got he oh, was, was averaging yeah he was averaging over a million more. Um, oh wow, viewers yeah. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, know, that, 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 that could just be that, that could just be the decline of cable news. Like, not as many people. True. I mean, as the years go on, less and less people have cable. Good times. I'm pretty happy about that generally. Yeah, I haven't had cable since 2010, man. <laughs> it's 2010. Just so expensive. It's, it's been 13 it. years. It's been 13 years. Uh, I was there, Gandalf, 3,000 years ago, <laughs> and everybody was watching cable news. <laughs> pay 200 plus dollars a month for a few channels you never watched. Yeah, I mean, I would only watch like, you know, whatever. You know, whatever channel the Steelers are on. I mean, no, like, so if I had cable, it would just be for sports, you know? Yeah. But, you know, you can always stream stuff and you know, whatever. There's, like, bars everywhere. They they always have the game on, you know? But, uh, but yeah, man, it is, like, it does, I, I liked that Tucker was on Fox News because he was an interesting, he had interesting things to say, and there's not a lot of interesting things being said on cable mm-hmm. news. So I definitely think it is a loss for the, just the discourse generally. Um, yeah, you know he's the only guy, man. He's the only guy pushing back on the Ukraine war, like on cable. I think at least to the. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Like I said, I don't watch cable. <laughs> I watch clips, you know, that if I need to see something for the podcast, and that's it. But to the best of my knowledge, he was the only guy, the only major host, pushing back on the military-industrial complex, asking for accountability for these hundreds of billions of dollars we're sending to Ukraine. Um, you know, and I, I'm sure that that average. If if you do watch Fox News, you'll notice that, um, and the left does this too. You know, it's Pfizer and Moderna are like the main advertisers on CNN. Then Raytheon and Boeing are the advertisers on Fox News. It's like, you know, I'm sure they didn't like the uh, the anti-war talk much. Um, I don't know if that played into it or not. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like I can't. He was kind of the only. Any voice, he was the only voice that differentiated himself from anyone else on cable. So it's like, is there a reason? Like, is there a reason to watch a Fox News or something like that anymore? I I would say this, at least in my mind, this is kind of the final nail in in the coffin. Like, I don't know why anybody would put any time into cable anymore. I think we're going to see some changes just generally. I think a lot of these places will react to this. You know, a lot of people who run these places 
know what they're doing or at least have a, a sense of what's going wrong. So I, I, I'm not going to write them off just yet. I also think, though, we need to pay homage to Don Lemon, you know, of equal quality, equal um, contribution to the world of media. Like he was the Tucker Carlson of CNN, right? It was uh, equally impactful. And I think we need to spare a moment for him. It's really Sarcas funny, man. Sarcasm alert. Don Lemon, <laughs> him getting fired by CNN isn't even in my show notes today. <laughs> because I totally that happened what yesterday <laughs> yeah so irrelevant already he was irrelevant yeah. the second after I already forgot I mean in my defense I have a newborn baby I'm not sleeping at all and I forget everything but I, I totally forgot and I mean, I mean that really just that really just nails Don Lemon right on the head man I mean it's like he's <laughs> he's fired by CNN and still everybody's talking about Tucker Carlson I mean he just can't <laughs> Tucker crushed him in the ratings and on the day they're both fired, nobody even even mentions old Don Lemon. Poor guy. Yeah, I'm not going to lose a second of sleep over him. It was so funny when people were trying to compare the two as, as equals. Like, well, no, Tucker Carlson was the biggest guy on cable news. Don Lemon was just a shrieking moron who was just getting <laughs> crazier by the day, who said that women past 40 were you know, past their prime and past wasn't fired on the spot. It was just wild. Don Lemon's like 55 years old doesn't make sense remember when don lemon my favorite don lemon moment um <laughs> it's when there was the malaysian airline it's not a funny topic obviously people died but um the the malaysian airliner that went missing and nobody could find the remains for you know like a year or more um this this big airliner carrying i don't know two three hundred people something like that disappeared and uh they were talking about it on cnn and they had some i don't know expert on plane disappearances or something. I, I, I don't know. I don't know who you would bring on <laughs> if you're a cable news host to talk about that. But he asked this gentleman if it was possible that the airplane was swallowed up by a black hole. Hmm. Pretty fundamental misunderstanding of physics there. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> let me tell you, Don Lemon, if a black hole is close enough to Earth to swallow up an airplane, that airplane is the last of our worries. I mean, that is... We would all be dead long before that. So I... <laughs> It's just, uh, yep. That, that's what up there guy. with that congressman who thought Guam was going to tip over. Can't remember that guy's name either. Ian, Gotta my brother. Some of these places down. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> the best and brightest man to get elected to Congress <laughs> and then host these these cable news shows, man. It's incredible stuff. The elites, they're the the best and brightest among us. Ian, my brother, thanks for doing this, man. Let's do it again soon. Where can everybody follow you? Read your stuff. Uh, subscribe to your Substack. Check out your show. All the all the plugs. Yeah, you can find all my social media, I-G-H-A-W-O-R-T-H. -H. Uh, you can find links to my YouTube and all other all the stuff from there. Uh, I'm going to be putting out some more videos now that my speaking tour is wrapping up. So excited for you all to, to check that out. Thanks, as always, for having me, Brady. Absolutely. Everybody follow Ian. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks. <laughs>